Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to Sweet Tea and TV. This is Nikki. And Selena. From the future. Coming back in time from season five of our show to thank you for joining us and to give you a brief note before you jump in. As we're recording this, we're in 2023. We started this podcast in 2021, so we've had a little more experience since we started. In particular, when we think about the first season, we'll never not think about the audio quality. Boy, we struggled. That's right. At times we were recording in different places. Sometimes our recording service would just shut down or just not work the same way it did the week before. It was a real journey. All that to say, it might not be the best listen in places. So if this is your first time listening, we want you to know the audio quality gets so much better in season two as we learn more and made some improvements. And we hope you'll stay with us long enough to find that out. Now, let's get into it. Hey y'all, I'm Nikki. And I'm Selena, and this is Sweet Tea TV, a podcast by two Southerners exploring and celebrating the better parts of Southern culture on TV and in entertainment. In our first season, we'll dive into the iconic show Designing Women, a series far ahead of its time, following four strong, brazen women right here in our backyard, Atlanta. So join us as we break down each episode and discuss what they got right, what they got wrong, and how this show holds 30 plus years later. Come on, let's get into it. Well, welcome back, Nikki. Thanks. Welcome back to you. So before we jump into the episode today, I wanted to tell you about something I think you'll be interested in as a fellow Anglophile. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. And because I realize that maybe not everybody knows what an Anglophile is, which is totally fine. I wouldn't expect anyone else to do th- to know. It's just someone who has a great appreciation for things from Great Britain. Um, and so, you know, uh, just so you all know, Nikki and I um, have watched a royal wedding together at five o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying we're proud. I'm just saying it's what we did. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I want to specify that uh, the princess part of uh, the UK is my favorite part of the UK. (laughs) The Kate Middleton part. Well, we're not trying to get into the um, history books of the things that have gone there and their atrocities. We have our own to deal with. So (laughs) I think that, um, yeah, I was going to say, actually, it definitely is a royalty thing. We don't have royalty except for Beyonce. Um, but you know, so here we just, we kind of look across the pond like, you know, cause we can't, it's Disney's fault and here we are. So let that be a lesson to you parents from this non-parent. You could yourself have a 35, 36 year old one day who's still obsessed with princesses and it's all due to a little guy named Walt Disney. So, well, as the person that the parent who just brought her kids back from Disney, uh, and in- encouraged and indeed bought her daughter a princess dress to wear while we were in Orlando. Uh, yeah, man, we'll have another generation of princess lovers. I can't help it. Well, their marketing is strong. I don't even know. We don't even have the willpower. Anyways, we could go down a whole Disney path. So I don't want to do that. I mean, I do, but we do, I know yeah, we, but we, have, cool. we have an it's episode cool. to talk about. So what I wanted to tell you is I have something special for you, which is, um, is it scones? It's, Oh, that would be so nice. 
So it's not scones. Well, not in the moment, but just so you remember, we're looking at each other on a video stream right now. So (laughs) what kind of scone could I really, I could pull up some pictures of some scones for you. (laughs) So uh, there's a show and it's by the Smithsonian Channel, but it's available on Hulu and it's called Million Dollar American Princesses. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is a docu-series, and it is hosted by Elizabeth McGovern. I am blanking on her name in Downton Abbey, but she's like the main lady of the house. She's the American one. <laughs> that. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, like, gosh. Her and what's-his-face. I actually am a big <laughs> fan, but you can't tell right now. Um <laughs> Her and what's-his-face, he's British, she's American, and basically her money is what keeps Downton Abbey afloat. Right. So this is sort of the basis for this whole docuseries. And what they posit is that in, like, the 1900s and the the late 1800s, maybe even to the mid-1800s, this part doesn't really matter, it was, like, American money through marriages with American women that basically floated the British aristocracy. Because oh, that's yeah, a twist I didn't expect. Yeah, I, so you know they were spending money like drunken sailors, and did drunken sailors spend a lot of money? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say no offense, drunken sailors. No, it's no offense. You're drunk. You're a sailor. You just got cash flying everywhere. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. I don't even know <laughs> where that came from. I don't know where that stereotype is. So. It, <laughs> Cut it out. But I'm using it forever now. Cut it out and post. <laughs> anyway. Definitely leaving it. Yeah, leave it. Uh, so anyways, like the their um, their homes, like all the money they had was just pretty much gone. These places, these giant places are like crumbling, just like what happened in Downton Abbey. And mm-hmm. basically what happened is these American like business titans, like a Vanderbilt and literally a Vanderbilt, they would exchange their cash for class because they were like like new rich and so like there were some segments of american society that were just like eh you ain't been around long enough you know right and so basically yeah they there was like the whole dowry thing was happening and they sent their little american daughters over to marry these different british lords and all the different all the different layers uh, mm-hmm. that are the ones that are passed down mm-hmm. you know those titles, titles. That are passed down yeah yeah uh but the i wanted to tell you just a, a couple of cool facts that you'll care about i don't know the listeners will care about that so <laughs> uh, you're welcome uh but this i did not know did you know that winston churchill's mom is american i did not know that blew my mind i don't know i mean i guess it's like it's not that big of a deal but I, I just like you. It's, it's fascinating. It's Winston I will say Churchill. the most, the most, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a history buff. So let's start there. Um, but the most I know about him is from the crown. And so in my mind, he's that guy from third rock from the sun. <laughs> you know, old Winston, third rock from the sun. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So, but yeah, so her, um, or his mom is Jenny Spencer Churchill eventually. And her dad was a Wall Street guy. So he had lots yeah. of money, but he didn't have lots of class, Dickie. So 
Uh, you know, they, he traded his daughter for some class. It was a different time. As one does. Yes. Oh, right. It was different. Yeah, or it's the same time. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, the other one that I wanted to share that I thought was really cool is that also Princess Diana, her great-grandmother was American. So huh, I don't think I knew that either. Yeah, and apparently, so I, I found that out through here, and then in trying to find her name, which is Frances Ellen Strong, in case you ever have that at a bar trivia, I'm sure it'll come up. <laughs> Uh, what I wound up finding out is that around the time of the royal wedding in, I think it was 81, anyways, there was lots of American press put out about all these different people that she had connections to randomly in the U.S. Like, oh, like Bill I bet that was thrilling for them. Yeah, probably. And like, even I, I'm pretty sure one of these articles was like, if they really wanted to go to the wedding, they would invite them, but that would be kind of weird. So, oh, and then this is my last fact. And then we'll call it. But the unless you have questions, in which case I'm happy to answer. But the first woman in British Parliament, an American. Whoa, mind blown. Dropping facts on you today. Wow. I That feels like that could actually be a trivia question I'm asked one day. Yeah, maybe. So put so. that in your back pocket. Nancy Astor, if anyone ever cool. asked. Cool. Yeah. So Cool. Americans are cool. There you go. Americans. <laughs> That's, that's and that's my the takeaway. Is, that, is that what you were teaching me? <laughs> yeah. <Americans laughs> Look how so cool we cool. are. Yeah. <laughs> well, is it time? Is it time to get into designing women? Go from class to fire? Let's go to, yeah, let's go from class to fire. Do it. Let's go from one fire to another. Uh, I'm working on that transition. So this week we're going to talk episode six, um, which is called Design House. You got it. It's the full title. Mm -hmm. Didn't make it to my notes. Sorry about that. So the Hulu episode description on this one is, Suzanne is tired of her image as front bimbo for sugar bakers and wants to be a decorator, but she gets discouraged when her first design project burns to the ground. Pretty spot on, huh? It's a nice little description. That's a summary. It's a nice little description. So the episode starts with... um, Charlene, it's a very familiar scene. Charlene is somewhat engaged in a telephone situation. I, I, I would count this on the bingo card of Charlene being on the phone, but that's just me. We might have to fudge the rules on that one a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But she and Mary Jo are working on an outgoing message for the answering machine. And uh, Charlene's trying to be friendly, but missing the mark a little bit. Or maybe overshooting the mark, being a little more friendly than she should be. Happy birthday, <laughs> Mr. President. What? Too much? Uh, that's so Julia comes in and says, Aaron's answering machines, Selena, are not to, are to solicit business, not sex. Yeah. Well, well, that's really something coming from the person who was offering up sex a couple episodes ago uh. to the, the tax guy. So whatever, Julia. That's a throwback, people. Yeah, we just want to connect the episodes for you. So they get a little uh, incensed by Julia's judgment. And they say, well, why don't you try it, Julia? So she does. And she does it in the way only Julia can. Which is to the point and two seconds long. (laughs) It's a machine, leave a message. That was very funny to me. Yeah, but exactly kind of what you expect from her, I think. Sure. I have a question for you. Are these the cold opens? Is that what these are? All these little, because it's always like these little like snippets at the very beginning that aren't necessarily related to the rest of the episode. Oh, maybe. 
And the reason I'm going to say that is because I think this is why it might be losing a little bit of punch for me. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying I think that ideally with a cold open, like when I think about an awesome cold open, the the pinnacle is the office for me. Like Mm -hmm. they're the best. They really like they spend forever on them. They're amazing. And, And I know that from listening to podcasts about it. But, you know, you get that punch of uh, just a little bit of a flavor, a taste of the show, and then it goes to the theme music and then launches into the episode. Mm. And here there's like no break. Yeah. And so I don't get like the same feeling and I'm just like, Hulu work on it. Like right. move the, move the theme music around. And then I think if we had just like a little drop into Georgia on my mind and then into the episode, I feel like it would, it would feel punchier. Hmm. That may not matter. Just thought I'd share that. I'm sorry to let you down. I laughed again uh, in the worst transition in the world. I'm just going to barrel forward. I laughed yeah. again when they offered Shut up, Selena. <laughs> they offered marriage. I just don't have anything to say. <laughs> Check and move on. They offered Mary Jo a chance to record. And um, she, she says, oh, no, no, no. I always sound like a duck on those. And it, her just her reaction made me laugh. But nothing grabbed your attention about that part. Except for that. Well, now I don't know. Do you know what drive through she said she was at? Oh, no. What did I? I think I remember seeing it the first time and then I moved on. Was it, K- it was Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Ah, gosh darn it. Nikki's nipples. Yeah. Come well, on, I mean, it doesn't have to be. That- <laughs> Let's talk fiddles. Come on. What is this, your aggravated version? <gasps> you should do that. Different versions. That would be funny. Nipples, Nikki missed. Gosh darn it. Uh, so go back and listen to Nikki's Nibbles. It's in episode two. Are you self-promoting yourself in the middle of the podcast? I am because I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, just, I'm guessing, I haven't researched Jack in the Box. I'm guessing that you could probably just substitute one of those other non-Southern restaurants for Jack in the Box and have the same story. And I hate myself yeah. for missing it. No, well, don't, I mean, don't, how dare you? I'm I mean, so I'll sleep tonight. Well, I did look into it a little bit because... You wanted to be prepared? Well, I guess. Whatever. So there are others in the South, but just not in Georgia. So it's not true for us, but maybe if you're somewhere else in the South, you're like, yeah, Jack in the Box. There is Um, one in Greenville. I know this because Greenville, South Carolina, that's where my people are from. I know there's one there. Um, What I don't remember, I remember when the shopping center that it's in came about, which would have been like the early 2000s, like 2000. Um, And so that's when that Jack Jack in the Box would have been built. But I don't know if that's like the first one ever in the South. I just don't know. It, it seems to be in a lot of different places in the South. So again, just not Georgia. I think maybe like six or seven states. We just don't get one. I'm sorry I didn't do my research. I feel like I've I let the listener down. I thought you just may have not even heard what she said. I did. You know so. what? It's so funny. I Because we've mentioned before, we watch these episodes so many times. Um, I think I do like a first watch, which is just sort of my first uh, first pass at things. And I think it registered. But by the time I got to writing my notes, I had moved on. I, I just was, You know, you don't have to. I know I don't. Yourself. Let's move on. Okay. Let's yeah. move on. You don't. Don't. Don't apologize. It doesn't matter. We're also covering it. So what's the... Right. Good point. Uh, thanks for that, Selena. <laughs> Love yourself. <laughs> so Love actually, yourself I, I think why I got so distracted was because I laughed so hard when Suzanne came in and she... Uh, <clears throat> what did she do? Angrily flaunted in Selena. 
I have to, I can't call it flaunting in. It has to be angrily flaunted in. She's not happy. Mm. And proceeds to describe her grind, a.k.a. most people's dream day, which includes a morning bath back to uh, Primmy from the episode right. with Julia's son. Uh, it seems like Suzanne does capitalize on the morning bath, lavender or not. I don't know. Uh, and candy. And Wheel of Fortune. Did that strike you as weird? Because Wheel of Fortune's a primetime show. How is she watching that? Is it syndicated? I would think so. Could be early. Did you not research that? Selena, you're over there looking at Jack in the Box. No syndication schedule for Wheel of Fortune. You aren't throwing a little judgment my way, are you? <laughs> um, it did trying sort to of strike me as weird. It did sort of strike me as weird. But I, uh, the whole thing was like, I don't know. It's it's always her complaining about first world problems. Not that I don't do it too, but I just kind of was like, eh, which I think is why I laugh right now. I think that's why I laugh so hard. And it's just it, it is this caricature of a person, and it is who she is. Uh, one side note: costume commentary. I'm not so mm-hmm. great about noticing clothes. I just it's not my thing. Uh, however, that blue dress was amazing on her. The peplum jacket mm-hmm. made her figure look amazing, and the color yeah. was great on her. So I just wanted to. Call out to the costume designer. Well done. Very nice. That's in my, that's later on in mine. Oh, perfect. So, but I noticed it too. There you go. Look at that. I also uh, loved how she talks about going to the gym and was like, it got, it got so bad. I had to go to the gym. I was that bored. I went to the gym and then she tries to sell Julia on the gym and how they have this great sauna. And Julia says, I hate saunas. And I especially hate getting naked and sitting around and looking at all the stuff that grows on people. <laughs> so that was, def- I mean, it was funny, nice but visual. I was also like, why, what is happening in these saunas that you've been in? Um, <laughs> I mean, I would rather, there's so many things I'd rather do than be naked in front of other people. So um, <laughs> just the whole thing just doesn't work for me personally, but I, it's usually about me and not about other people. I'm like, I don't want to do that to anybody. And Julia's like, I don't want to see other people. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see them either, but I also don't assume they have things growing on them. So I thought that was interesting. So uh, the other thing that Suzanne is, I think, worked up about is this business meeting that she mentions with Madeline Adams, uh, which has been canceled. And it's because Suzanne ended up in the pool with Maddie's husband. No, no, no. It's that uh, Madeline couldn't stand all the attention she was getting at her birthday party from men. Right. That's Suzanne's interpretation. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good call. Right. Uh, and the only reason they ended up staying in the pool is because it's so warm. I don't know. I don't blame Suzanne. If it was a cold night, the pool was warm. I would have stayed in, too. Well, I mean, he did push her in. But, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I mean, she's. It's all it's all coming together. This story is kind of important because it what she hears from someone at this party is why she's coming in butthurt. Right. Because, uh, you know, she is coming in talking about she's bored to tears, the monotony of her job. She wants a more serious role, yada, yada, yada. And it's because someone says she doesn't know anything about the decorating business and she's just a bimbo front person for the sugar bakers. <laughs> and that, that whole I'm starting to get the sense that I don't know anything about the decor the people think I don't know anything about the decorating business and I'm just a bimbo front girl. Well, what makes you think that? Well, it's cuz somebody said. 
don't know anything about the decorating business. I thought that was so cute. It it was it was cute. It was good. And she's got really good comedic timing. She really but. does. And I feel like maybe that's why I liked this episode so much because I really want to focus on the comedy of the show sometimes. And it, it really, there are so many funny parts. And we skipped over my favorite part, which is Charlene admitting that she is my human spirit animal by admitting that she ate an entire pie. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody skipped over it. Oh, okay, good. We hadn't gotten there yet. Oh, it's in my notes before the before Suzanne because when they go over to the couch and they all sit down and she mentions that she ate a whole pie the night before because Suzanne says um I can do more for sugar bakers than just eat and then they company her health tip is (laughs) to drink a lot of water after you've eaten a whole pie which actually sounds like a health tip that I have uh followed (laughs) I didn't even need to hear it from her and I totally agree I was like I can I so am relating with Charlene I just feel like um I don't know. I just really like her character a lot. Yeah. She's random. She's cute. She's funny. I don't There's an innocence about her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm always going to side with someone who ate a whole pie the last night. Don't you judge her, Mary Jo. Mary Jo has got judgy wudginess going on. Sometimes you just need to finish off the better part of a sheet cake. And that's only between you and the cake. And if you want to admit it to your friends, that's okay, too. You should be able to do that with minimal to no judgment. Thank you. So this all launches Suzanne into trying to get a better job for herself, other than just being a name on the door and a lunchable. She wants wants a (laughs) title. She wants a title like even Charlene has. And uh, so she says she's willing to try being a decorator. She's willing to do it on a trial basis. What does a trial basis mean to you, Selena? Well, I try it. <laughs> See if I like it or not. And then I drop it if I don't. If I don't like it, I don't do it anymore. Well, that seems reasonable. Okie dokie. Yeah. I mean, I was I mean, I could get on board with that if I could also use that in my own life. So. Right. I loved it. So they tell her, you know, we can't stop you. You've put a lot of money into all this, so Anthony comes in as my next favorite part, though. Whoa, hold on, because this is what my notes say. It's all caps. It's all bolded. There's a lot of exclamation points. And it says, Anthony, hooray! Oh, my notes say Anthony in all caps and three exclamation points, but no bolding. That's funny. (laughs) We didn't compare notes in advance, but really, that's what mine says. Anthony finally makes his appearance. He's been in the credits since the beginning, but we made it six episodes in before we actually saw him. Yeah. And today, well, not today, (laughs) whenever I watched this for the first time, (laughs) there he was. Uh, We quickly learned that he's uh, their delivery man, though it's unclear. Like, he just sort of appears. I mean, I guess you don't need to explain it. It's fine, but I I thought that did strike me. I'm like, well, wait, has he been a part of the Sugar Bakers? I don't know. Right. You you would think in an earlier episode they would have said something about and such and such didn't get delivered. Where's Anthony? A little breadcrumb, but yeah. I think I think that's why we get so excited when there are callbacks in this show because I just don't think it was of the time to do that kind of connectors oh. between episodes. Yeah, they're a little they're a little disconnected. Yeah, um, which is fine. Um, but, you know, so jumping back into the show, we hear from Mary Jo, who starts 
after him a little bit, I think it's fair to say. You know, Starts after late. him. She yelled at him. Yeah, she yelled at him. She laid into him. Right. And then we get Charlene's reminder, which is that, you know, Thursdays is when he meets with his parole officer. And, and you see Mary Jo get really embarrassed. Like, she realizes that, you know, she's kind of been a butt and is probably feeling embarrassed for multiple reasons. Yeah. But in this scene, I'll just say that, like, instantly I remembered why I like him. Because, just again, like, while I watched this when I was younger, it's been a really long time since I've seen the show. And he just automatically stands up for himself. He's quick and he's witty. And he's not afraid to go toe-to-toe with our main ladies. And as we've said before, sometimes they really need that. Yeah, They need to be taken to task. Um, and I just love him cause he's so very like matter of fact and he's very like, it's very shocking, but I like a dramatic character. Um, so I just love that. He's like, it's upsetting enough to be reminded about my incarceration, but then to have to come in here and receive a personal attack on my punctuality, you know, I just love his him. unfortunate incarceration. And the reason I specify that is because, again, we've talked that I didn't really watch the show when I was younger, except like sort of in passing. And that is the one thing I know about him is that that is a recurring, that's how he frames his incarceration, his unfortunate incarceration. And I just love that framing so much. Um, So again, if we had a drinking game or a bingo game, I would add unfortunate incarceration to that. Oh, 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 good one. Okay. All right. Remind me. I'm like, I don't want to be typing. It'll be, uh, (laughs) it'll, everyone will get to hear. Um, But I also just wanted to say too, as we sort of wrapping up what happens with this first act of the show, uh, we get a first glimpse of a runner between Suzanne and Anthony. They have what I would call um, uh, a frenemy relationship. Um, Mm. And so it's it's this ongoing, slightly contentious, but witty banter with one another. And they really just take each other to task over and over yeah. again. Um, and But there is, I think what we'll find is that there's a real love that grows there over the seasons. But right now it's kind of just like, Suzanne, you're kind of being a butthole. Um, but and Suzanne doesn't have on, Anthony. Suzanne doesn't have time for his ex-con stories because she has an objective. Her objective is to get to be a designer. So I leaped ahead of myself a second ago. Uh, This is where, at this point, she says, um, you know, I I don't have time for your stories, Anthony. I need to know, can I have my job or not? And that's when Julia says, you know what? Cool. You can have the next job. Yep. And and as we've said before on this, and probably for any 80s uh, sitcom, what could go wrong? Well, yeah, things go wrong. So Nikki... I thought I would do a little Selena's sidebar for this episode. Mm, Okay. And I don't want to be too on the nose, but I'm going to call it Anthony Bouvier, ex-convict. Ah, well, that's quite descriptive. (laughs) Way to to do something positive, Selena. Yeah, I know. So I wanted to say that what's interesting to me, because, you know, we were already talking about the episode, and you mentioned that, you didn't remember much about the show, but you did remember the fact that he often frames, you know, his past, his background as his unfortunate incarceration. So I'll tell you that my reaction was he went to prison. Like I, I didn't remember that at all. I don't know. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that says something about my age. 
my memory. Um, the trajectory of his character on the show. Mm, I mm -hmm. really don't know. I mean, maybe I'm thinking more about, you know, later seasons. Uh, maybe I didn't see the beginning seasons that much and I just didn't realize it because I watched everything in syndication. But I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I felt a little thrown when that was the very first thing that came up about his background. Uh, and because I told you, the whole podcast, I'm just going to be putting you on the spot. Uh <laughs> Can I, I guess maybe this maybe it doesn't mean anything for you, but I was kind of curious how like that reveal that fast of his time in prison. Did that strike you in any certain way at all? Maybe none. Well, you know, I because I knew that about him from being a kid. I just knew the the quote unfortunate incarceration. So that didn't the fact that he was an ex convict didn't surprise me. Uh, we've been watching it though, uh, and one of our our points in watching the show is watching it through the lens of 2021, trying not to hold the show unfairly accountable um, for you know norms for today, but also trying to kind of take a look at you know, how does it hold today and what's different or not? And the thing that struck me the most, and I, I really don't know where this is, I know where it's coming from. I don't really know how to, what it means, except I was just sort of like, darn, we've been talking about this show being ahead of its time and how, uh, you know, uh, progressive it was. But if why, why make the black guy a former prisoner? That just felt like such a, I don't know. It just felt Cringy. like that's the, yep. That's a good word for it. I was just sort of like, oh, really? Yeah. So that and, was my reaction. Right. And I think that was actually, I didn't want to say this cause I, I'm trying to keep like the plot of the show together and I wanted to just pull this all out and talk about it separately. So, but literally my reaction was like, Anthony, what? <laughs> hey? um, and so, yeah, I think uh, we, we've said this before. We don't want to live in it, but we do want to acknowledge it. And I think you put that so well about the fact that, you know, we are not trying to say that 86 is 2021. Not right. at all. So I, I did that character choice while I was baffled by it in the moment when I had a second to reflect on it. I was like, OK, well, it's not really surprising. It's 1986. Mm. I'm not surprised they did that. But it does feel dated and cringy today. Yeah. You know, and I want to be very clear for anyone out there, whoever listens to this and they're like, it's not like Hollywood's perfect today. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So there's a lot of problems and no one's saying there's not. So no one's saying 2021 is great either. Um, actually, is anyone saying 2021 is great? <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't think, think those words have crossed anyone's lips. Yeah. No one agrees on anything anymore, except for the fact since 2020, everything has kind of sucked. So <laughs> except for this podcast, it's awesome. Tune in. <laughs> Best uh, thing to come out of 2020. <laughs> it's so good and delayed, just like everything else. It didn't come out till 2021. <laughs> Whatever, man. So... Um, so yeah, not trying to say Hollywood's like doing this bang up job all the time. That would be ridiculous. But, you know, sometimes, and especially now that we've been doing this show, just kind of researching around for some context makes me feel better. I know yeah. that sounds kind of weird, but I'm like, what's happening? Um, and like, instead of focusing, we know what the 2021 lens on things are, but like, what was the lens back in the late eighties? You know, mm, that, mm -hmm. that we, I think we're going to struggle a little bit more with because we were so young. Um, that felt good. We were so young. <laughs> we were so young. Yeah. 
that's a that's a sidebar sidebar. Um, so when I started looking through, I found some contextual things, and I think it's information that's worth mentioning as part of this episode. I can't remember if this is something that didn't make it in post-production, but I feel like maybe in um, the pilot breakdown or something that you and I have discussed here before, we talked a little bit about Anthony. Um, If Mm -hmm. it didn't make it in, and I don't remember anymore because who remembers anything, the one thing that I wanted to flag again is that he only was supposed to appear in five episodes. Right. Instead, he was made a main cast member and he stayed on for the duration of the series. So I think that says something right there. Yeah. Um, And he also appeared in 152 out of 163 episodes. It's a lot. Good for him. Yeah. I ran across also this 1990 NPR interview with Meshach Taylor. So that's the actor who plays Anthony Bouvier, uh, who I love very much. And, you know... He had some things that I that he said that I think are really interesting that I wanted to share. One is that he was hired on the spot during his audition, and not just by anybody. He was hired directly uh, by Linda Bloodworth Thomason, LBT, and also Harry. Tom- We're going to get that going. Somebody's going to like it. Um, and I'm Harry still Thomason. thinking BLT. <laughs> well, that too. And how is that snack that you needed this afternoon going? <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways, so uh, hired directly on the spot. The part was not actually written for an African-American man, but rather a white man. And in fact, and he talks about this in the interview, he was the only African-American person to audition. Uh, So this is Fresh Air, NPR, Terry Gross, 1990. Woo, lady's been doing this for a while. Good for her. (laughs) She sounds wonderful. Yeah, I thought that I also found the same interview, uh, because I did the same thing. And I was sort of, as we're kind of reviewing this show, I don't want to unfairly assume things or it just, you know, like, I had my first reaction, then I was like, was my first reaction justified? Let me Mm -hmm. to your point, go find some context. And I found that same interview. And I was like, wow, that's, that's cool to know. That's really, it's important to know that. And um, it's, it's a good piece of information to have and to hear it right from his lips as well. That is the important part, right? And we've talked about that before. If for any reason we ever got the opportunity to talk to the cast, we can't talk to Meshach Taylor because right. he passed away in 2014. So, but what we can do, and this is what's so beautiful about having history recorded, is we get to hear from the person who played him. So just to tee this up, because I'd like for us to play this clip, so not just you and I, but also everyone else can hear what Meshach Taylor had to say about it in 1990 versus what you and I are saying about it in 2021. Is two people who, by the way, aren't in the show, did mm-hmm. not play the character, you know, um, is that in, as part of the interview, Terry Gross, she remarks, you know, as I understand it, that, you know, uh, Meshach, you got criticism from some civil rights groups for taking the role because the character was an ex-con delivery person. And here's what Taylor had to say. You know, uh, people were sensitive because uh, the character was an ex-convict. Well, I, the, first of all, like I said, I was the only black guy that, uh, that read for the part. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have been a white ex-convict if it hadn't been a black ex-convict. Uh, I certainly wanted the job. Uh-huh. And uh, I saw nothing wrong with being 
uh, an ex-convict. I mean, he was somebody who had been involved in a, in a situation where he went to jail, and now he was out, and he was trying to do something with his life. I think that's positive as opposed to negative. So I didn't feel intimidated by that. I, I you know, I just felt like here's a man who's uh, an ordinary guy who's going to do something special with his life. He's going to try to salvage what's left of it. So. I thought that was good. Uh, as far as being a delivery man is concerned, I see nothing wrong with being a delivery man. I don't, you know, black or white or Hispanic or Chinese or whatever, you know. It's a job. It's it's not uh, brain surgery. He's not the president of the United States, but he's still, he's working every day, and uh, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. So now that we've heard from Meshach Taylor, I, I'll just, I want to give a couple of parting thoughts, and then let's get back into this episode when we do something like this, like what we're doing right now, and we look back, even at a relatively recent history um, period or whatever, it's, it's not always easy. But I, I think it's a really important part of growth because you know what? You don't really know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. So Nikki, I really feel like we have a unique opportunity here on this podcast and together and for anybody else who wants to come along, not just for laughs, but I want to have some, not just to talk about the things that we love, though I love that too, but also to see how far we've come in the past 35 years, but also how far we have to go. So that's pretty much where I am on the show right now and in life, yeah. just in general, <laughs> like in life too. Yeah. Like we've come so far and, and, you know, and we're doing well, but there's still a lot of work to do. The last thing I'll say, my conclusion to my conclusion on top of my conclusion, which I know Nikki loves, she's not annoyed with me at all, is that we're going to link to some of the articles that I, I found and also Nikki found in our show notes. That way people have access to it. So if you want to do a little bit of a deeper dive, go on, dive in, sidebar, do your thing. And that's all I got. What a nice sidebar. Oh, thanks. <laughs> sidebar. <laughs> so then the door opens. And who walks in, Selena? A, a dude. We don't know. We have no idea who it is, but he comes in with a really alluring line to greet the women, right? It is my favorite and least favorite line <laughs> all at the same time of the series so far. You know what? I just, I, I can't decide whether to be offended or to commend him. So I'm going to go with, let's commend him. You know what? Give him the line, Nikki. <laughs> Give him the line. He says, well, actually, you know what? You should do it because I don't have it written down in my notes and I don't want to oh. get it wrong. Okay. Well, somebody's going to tell me I have it wrong anyway. Well, there they are. The eight <laughs> finest breasts in Georgia. <laughs> and, and this, as oh. you would expect, as you would expect, they're, they're floored by it. They're they're brought into him. They're they're flattered. Is that how you interpret it? <laughs> Not at all. Oh, okay. I was like, I, I it's very dark in your closet. I can barely see your face. Um, yeah. I mean, but you can tell obviously whoever this guy is, who we learn is Boyd. He's a designer, um, like a maybe a, com a competition or something. Well, you've left them. out that he's a raving heterosexual. Oh, right, 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 right. right. But, he, but he's a designer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's a designer, and you can just tell this is, the, this is who he is. They're used to it. Whatever. They're moving on. They're done with it. But this is, I'm, we're going to do an extra sugar about this guy today. So, um, folks, tune around. Yeah, tune around. Tune around. <laughs> Stay around. I, I tune around this how, part. Get to the good part. 
Yeah, I can't tell you how much I enjoy listening back to this and just listen to me sound like an idiot all the time. That's fine. <laughs> so just tune in towards the end for our extra sugar. And this is a character actor, Stephen Tobolowski, And he is the most recognizable face that I've seen on the series so far. And yes. I'll stop there unless you had anything that you just, it's, it's burning and you need to get it out. No, we'll save it. <laughs> this, I'll keep my burning inside. <laughs> and maybe don't have to say it like that again. <laughs> I just figured I'd roll with it. So it's just to break the big news here. Um, I'm like, don't kill me. Sugar Bakers is one of eight firms selected for something called Design House 86. And we just learned in the last act, Suzanne, it's hers, right? She claims it. She takes the key. It's hers. Yeah. Right. And you can tell everybody's kind of like thrown off and they don't think this is a great thing. But Even Boyd. Um, yeah. Oh, really? Even Boyd reacted even like, oh, really? Mm. Because they had made, I did. they asked him if it was all a big joke that they made Design House 86. And then when they said it was Suzanne's, he said something like, speaking of big jokes. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. Well, well I, I think I was uh, definitely watching Mary Jo's reaction because she actually is the designer. Yeah. <laughs> and so it it's sort of i don't know if it ever feels like maybe you felt like this at work but maybe you've like worked on something for a really long time and then somebody gets to come in and take the credit i mean that's also just called work <laughs> so i just like you just saw her face and you're like oh poor gal i know <laughs> that feeling yeah she's going through it um but we we don't hang out there a lot or anything uh, we do get some tidbits about what this thing is going to look like mm, mm -hmm. each one of these firms they take a different room of the house i mean it sounds cool um i i will tell you i tried to find it just to see yeah. if there was anything interesting we've discussed this before it's really hard to think find things on the internet before there was an internet mm -hmm. um if this was a real thing I couldn't find it. I uh, do know just from other life experiences that design houses like this are real. Um, yeah. So some of the the HGTVs and the um, Better Homes and Gardens, they do these really cool. I think Better Homes and Gardens has a real, or maybe it's Southern Living, has a really cool design house that they do where they bring in designers to to take individual rooms like they're doing here and design them. It's pretty cool. It does sound like a real thing, and I would like to see it if it's Southern Living, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll dig something up for you. I think it's Southern Living. I'll dig something yeah. up for you. I could see that. Okay, all right, I'm into it. Uh, and then maybe maybe we can share it with our listeners. I don't know. Um, but we find out, I think, what this uh, Sugar Bakers is getting the master bedroom. Mm -hmm. So uh, we get a joke from Mary Jo, because, man, they really like to elbow Suzanne about her. Suzanne has got a great love life, I think. So, well, but... According to the other women, she does. Yeah, so um, that was apparently her field of expertise, according to Mary Jo. So no no shock there for that to happen. And then we get this final little thing from Boyd while he's there, which is basically like every single one of these firms has to come in and they have to have a night in the design house to babysit it. I, it's kind of weird. You know, I was thinking about that because I was like, so... so are they designers and they moonlight as security guards? <laughs> you know what they're crazy? supposed to do? Right here in this moment is the first time that I've questioned it. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's because I haven't said it out loud. Like before I'm just <laughs> tippy typing it in my notes. And I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, babysit in the house. Cool, cool, cool. And I'm like, wait, why? Like what's happening that you need a babysit? Suzanne, the, the security guard makes total sense. 
Well, she said she wants to broaden her horizons. That's so, true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, well, I don't. Was there anything else with Boyd that you wanted to cover before we hop into the next scene? Nope. I, the only thing I would note is that Suzanne was going to take it on with total confidence. There was not an ounce of reservation that she could handle babysitting that house for the night. Do you want to know what I'm smiling? Why? Why? <laughs> because now I realize that. Le- at least I'm not the only one who says no and then proceeds to go ahead and share something else. So not at all. You're so I have to things. tell you, that's really comforting. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you all worked with me, you would also know that that is probably one of my more favorite things to do. Uh, no, I don't have anything else. Here's three things. <laughs> so, and, and that's uh, my last thing. <laughs> so in the next scene, uh, I, I'm just going to cut to the chase. We can, we'll, let's walk it backwards. Let's, let's pull backwards into this parking spot, if you will. Oh, uh, God, that sounds dangerous. I'm not great <laughs> with the backing. I have seen you back into several parking spots, and you're fine. That's how I me, failed my driver's hand, test. Uh, okay, but you were a long way from the Excuse me? Test. I'm so sorry. You're fine. Get it you're together. Beautiful. <laughs> you're beautiful. <laughs> um, so in this next scene, I'm just cutting to the chase, like I said. Design house burnt down. This is not a surprise. It's in the summary for the show. Uh, And obviously this is happening on, not obviously, but it is happening on Suzanne's watch. Mm -hmm. So now go ahead and uh, flip that reverse on. (coughs) When we open that scene, what we actually see is um, Charlene somehow watching both the largest and (laughs) tiniest TV on her desk. (laughs) Did that thing not kill you? It's like... um... Two and a half feet deep, but only like six inches wide. The screen is like the size of a post-it note. Right, <laughs> right. You know, it's terrible. But I now was actually wondering, it, would anybody younger than 25 even know that was a television? <laughs> good, good question. Or maybe like realistically, like really someone under 15, I think they would think that that was like a NASA project from the 40s. Maybe. Wait. I, my dates are wrong. Yeah, let's well, just let's just move 50s. past it. <laughs> okay. But anyways, it's it's big. And so, um, and little. And uh, and that's what she said, he said, <laughs> yeah. and they said. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyways, so what is she doing? She's doing facial exercises. Non-surgical facelift is what yes. she called it. Yes. Do you, do you know I do this, right? I do. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were going to share that little tidbit of your routine care it's it's something i don't do it as much since we've been in the pandemic but i used to do it on the way to work and this made me laugh so much because i i think i used to tell you it's coming back to me now like (laughs) i told you i did this and then i had to cop to the fact that if i would look over to someone while driving (laughs) they would catch me doing this Stupid face exercises, and you look. I don't even know how to explain it, but it really makes you look weird. And I did one for you too, and I think that's probably what you always picture. Yeah, what do they look like? Do they look like Charlene's? No one else can see you. Uh, uh uh. (laughs) Come on. I don't remember which one she was doing, but I know it's all about stuff to like get the lines off your face. The one I do, I'll just go ahead and tell you, it's about that you know, you get the little wobble under your chin. And, so and glad it's all I got that on video. Tightening that wobble. I hate you. <laughs> so um, I didn't do the exercise, but what I did looked just as dumb. So you're welcome. Uh, anyways, 
it's hard not to talk about that because that is such an 80s and 90s thing that was going on there. And then Selena. And, well, yeah, there you go. And then now me. Between the water uh, and the facial exercises, Charlene is going to look 21 again. It's beautiful. Uh, and we get this great line from Mary Jo, too. She, I think she says something about how we'll just start to borrow from, like, how you work on a house, like showing a house. And she was like, so what we'll do is uh, <laughs> to make someone look, look younger, we, it will require a harness, a spotlight in the back, and candles up front. <laughs> the way she does her fingers to do candles made me laugh every time I watched it. I watched it a lot. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, no, it was pretty great. Uh, we do also get mention of Suzanne in this scene uh, because, you know, Mary Jo wasn't sure where she is, was, whatever. And I think the end result here, though, I think it's important to mention that they do say that she's doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Like She's been really involved. She's doing things. Uh, and then I think we, we see that this really big TV is really the catalyst to get us to the real point of the episode, which is all of a sudden we get a okay i don't the biggest and smallest do 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 in the history of time the breaking news alert yes and thank you for saying what that was and somebody was like i don't know what's happening right and so there's a reporter on tv and he is breaking the news that there was a fire at design house and in the background we see suzanne she's walking by with no lip gloss oh and a man well, she's looking singy. <laughs> she's wrapped in a comforter and looks a little worse for the wear. Her hair looks she, great, though. That's right. I hear that. She's she's covered in some some soot. Um, and then Anthony runs. We well, didn't run in, but he comes in. I guess he was running an ottoman over, and he confirms that yeah, this thing has completely burnt to the ground. Yeah, there, it's no thing anymore. There's no house there, to see. There's no thing. And Julia's, I, I think her reaction is probably the most visceral. Mm. She's pissed, but she's also known her the longest. She's been there before. Yeah. And so she goes on a lot of whatever, sort of talking about this is just kind of par for the course with Suzanne. This is exactly what she expected. And I, I don't think that Julia thought that, you know, we know as TV viewers that obviously this really big deal is going to walk through the door. I don't think she realized that. I don't think she thought Suzanne would probably try more than a day. and But I do think she was sort of trying to gain evidence to say, this is why we don't let you do things. Mm. Um, mm. But it had more disastrous results. And I think that might be why she's so angry. But that's really reading a lot into a sitcom. <laughs> so Julia was mad. That part we know. <laughs> right. And so that pretty much takes us to a pretty good cutting point there. And Suzanne comes in. She makes her appearance. And she is a little more than sooty, I would say. And a little more than disappointed in herself. Agreed. Also, I just have to say, it's the first time that we see her not flaunt in. Or maybe she's at like half flaunt. Good point. Can I just say also that she still walked in that door more confidently than I have ever walked in any door. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. But for her, she is measurably low. So Suzanne 
tells this story of how she was just trying to light a fire in the fireplace. They, they kind of come at her, like, what happened? And so she tells the story of how she was just trying to light a fire. It didn't. She didn't think it took. So she fell asleep, and then she woke up to the house on fire. Yep. That's the long um, and the short of it there. I do want to say that we did get a fun callback when she came through the door that I forgot to mention oh. for, from two seconds ago. I totally <laughs> forgot. Anyways, um, from the beauty contest, which is... I think Julia's saying something along the lines of, this is how she operates. She's been my sister for 30 years. And Suzanne is walking through the door and she, on entry, she says 29 and like almost even in the same way. And I like these little callbacks. So I wanted to. Yeah, that was really funny. Good call. Yeah. Suzanne feel, I mean, she feels really terrible about the whole thing. She uh, is really upset. You can tell she's, she's getting beyond mad at herself now she's getting a little scared well she want well, yes she is she's scared she's gonna go to jail mm-hmm. for negligence i don't uh, i know it's it, again we keep excuse me i keep saying this thing like i know we're watching a sitcom and it doesn't have to be realistic i could see like someone getting really scared and th- i guess thinking they could really get in trouble but just from our perspective sitting here and we weren't involved and everything's fine over here i would just say i don't think you would be in trouble for this but well i i think if you did some of the things that she describes later in the episode that she did (laughs) but she's not said any of that right now she's just said she she tried a lot of fire in the fireplace okay okay uh, but, you know, we are seeing her come to her breaking point. She says she's going to resign. Anthony comes in, by the way. And when he does, she asks if he'll say he did it because he's already been to jail. So it won't be a big deal for him. She had to shoot her shot. She, the answer's always no if you don't ask the question. That's true. And she did shoot her shot. And I really wish I had written down his line because it made me laugh, but I don't remember what it is now. Um don't it's fine uh but it but it was again like this how i was saying before they have like this witty banter uh i thought he basically just said like as generous of an offer as that sounds i'm gonna have to politely decline there was something like that probably well maybe he just makes me laugh (laughs) he is very funny maybe it wasn't the wittiest line his delivery is really funny yeah he's got he's just got such good like i don't know charisma i think um but, you know, when all this is happening, you see Charlene break because she can't stand to see. I don't think my guess is that Charlene can't stand to see anyone cry. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I got that sense. She was the first one when. So uh, Suzanne just kind of loses it all together. She's on the couch with her head in her hands, just like really stressed. And Charlene doesn't make it more than a second and a half before she's ha- she's hatched a plan. She's thought this through. She's going to confuse the police. Yeah, I don't know. She thought it through, but she is hatching something. <laughs> um, and, and and that's essentially like, I don't I don't want to, if there's any lines you want to share from Charlie, and I don't want to take that from you. No, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. You just take my lines. Um, <laughs> but she is, you're right. She's the first one to jump in. Then Mary Jo comes around. Um, and then last, the very, very last not interested at all in helping her own sister. I wasn't there, and I won't say I was. She has some... We're foreshadowing to the next episode. I'll just say that Julia, like, she digs in in some some really weird ways. Mm. Because, honestly, to this point, too, 
I know she has the most history with Suzanne, so I can mm-hmm. understand how when you have history with someone, you know, you can kind of go from like zero to 60 real quick, you know? Right. But it just, it, it feels to me that sometimes she's digging in on things when she should probably just try, just try to be a little flexible. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't have that much flexibility. So, um, I don't think she was, I don't think she was in the mental space to be flexible this time. She was mad. Yeah. And this was a big deal for them. So I I don't want to take that away, but they sort of melt her, you know, with this one for all, all for one, they're musketeering it over here. And, and, you know, like Mary Jo said, the chips are down. This is a test of our determination, our strength, our unity. You know, they're really, they're really getting up there. They're trying to sell this thing. And, and even though Julia is like, she looks like she's just digging in her heels, she does finally acquiesce. Um, and she comes around. And just as they're declaring themselves, the four musketeers, I think we're about to have hugs and all this, Boyd shows up again. Uh, and he's got some news. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Suzanne. But apparently it was faulty wiring. Uh, he's like super excited. They're getting insurance money. I think the other things that basically after she finds out that all's well and she's not in trouble, she does a couple of things. One is that she admits that there's a bunch of other dumb stuff that she was doing. Amazing stuff. Uh, Yes. I mean, it does sound like a good time. Well, (laughs) I mean, I don't know about one of them was putting a bathing suit in the oven. So this, I guess it was a, it was a design house. It didn't have a dryer. What was she supposed to do? That's, that's true. You, I think you love her. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so she, yeah, she did that to dry, uh, dry her bathing suit. And then she said that she's also making s'mores with a cigarette lighter. And fellow s'more lover, you do what you need to do when the time comes. I, you, and I am always, you do what you do for the treat. <laughs> the treat, the sweet, whatever. So I get all that. Uh, but those are the things she admits to, and they're basically like, just chill out. You yeah. don't have to tell anybody any of this. Right. But I guess it was weighing on her. I don't know. Uh, but then the other thing that we sort of come around to is, you know, she doesn't really want to do this. She's not cut out for work. She She's not cut out for a job where she can't sleep until noon. And you know what? <laughs> I don't hate on her for that. So, you know, the other thing she says... Some of us are meant to be out front, others behind the scenes, <laughs> you know, because she's got to get those digs in where she can. And Mary Jo says, does anyone else suddenly feel like the hunchback of Notre Dame? Ah, <laughs> uh, Well, she's doing everything but calling you that directly. So, yes, maybe you should. And and then Boyd jumps in and um, he offers to take everyone out with all that insurance money, I guess. And she, uh, you know, you kind of see people like, oh, oh. That yeah. sounds fun. Free yeah. lunch, yeah. And she uh, protests. This is her turf. Sure. Um, and, and then, do you want to give these lines? <laughs> when he says he wanted to have lunch with the eight finest breasts in Georgia, and she says, I know what you were hoping for, Boyd, but you're just going to have to settle for the top two. I thought that was it was pretty charming. <laughs> so funny. That was so funny. But it's also, there's like a button though, because when she walks out the door all haughtily, she's got her flop back. And mm-hmm. when she walks out that door, she shuts the bedspread in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the perfect little ending. I did look up Shay New. I did too. What did you find out? 
I think I found one in Charleston, but I didn't find evidence of one in Atlanta. Oh, funny. I found one in Houston. Oh, funny. But not in Atlanta. I think it's probably, maybe it's just like a really, I mean, I I don't want this to come off rude, but like more of like a generic. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you, you know, if if somebody calls a taco bar, taco bar, and it doesn't look like a lot of them. But um, yeah, so uh, nothing, nothing good. No good nibbles there. That's well, the mini nibble is that Petite Violette, so I'm assuming oh. Chez New is a French restaurant, Petite Violette yes. off of Claremont, has a tasty croque-monsieur, if you're interested. Um, and they have also have other, like, fancy French food, but, I mean, grilled cheese, really. Yeah. So that's the that's the mini Nicky's nibbles. But fancier sounding. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, see, you were there. You were ready. This is why you didn't have time to talk about Jack in the Box. Right. You had I was all other- over Chez New. Yeah, you. Ha- I know you're a sucker for French food. <laughs> really, just the croque monsieur. Well, whatever. And steak frites. <laughs> well, they're good. And so, I mean, I think, do you want to talk rating or are we missing something? Nope. I think those are the high points. I think we're ready for rating. Now, wait a second. Uh-oh. Are you ready to rate this sucker? <laughs> <laughs> it's time. Now we're ready to rate it. I'm going to give it. Five bathing suits drying in the oven. All right. Out of five? Out of five. Is this your favorite episode so far? Uh, You know what? It might be. All right. It might be. Well, I mean, you've you've professed your love along the way, but tell us, why does it get such a high rating? I thought this was just so amazingly written, and I thought the comedic timing was really incredible. I don't think there was, like, a huge standout moment. There wasn't, like, a Julia tirade or, like, a a super cute Charlene story. It was sort of this just, like, amalgamation of all these little moments and these one-liners sprinkled throughout that just gave me a genuine chuckle. Like, I just laughed the whole time. Every time Suzanne spoke, I laughed. Because her, like, the way she delivers is funny. The way her, like, and those little bitty lighters with the, you know, whatever. It just is so funny the way she did it. So I found her very funny and charming in a way that I, I think her her whole energy hasn't really been played up in the show yet. She's been, in my opinion, pretty subdued so far uh, in the episodes we've seen. So this was really the first time I really felt her out and being herself, which I just thought was really funny. And then Anthony was our Anthony episode. Mm-hmm. Anthony was just like, he brought this awesome energy. He brought this very cool, like, I don't know. It was very exciting to see him. He was very funny. Uh, I liked the way he talked about um, just the way he kind of, you know, when he did his parole officer impression, it was really funny. He just was, it was just hilarious. So, um, you know, we have to watch these episodes time and time again. And I have to tell you, I looked forward to watching this one over. Some of them I've been a little bit like, oh, I got to watch that one again, huh? This one I was very excited to watch over and over again. Oh, that's great. I I sense you don't agree. I'm well, I'm <laughs> I <laughs> first of all, let me just say that I love that you love it that much because I like want you to like the show, you know, I do so far. And this one was this one was really funny to me. Uh, so I did think that there was a lot of really funny things. I'll go ahead and cut to the chase. Did a lot of cutting to the chase, but not really. Just saying it. Uh, four out of the eight finest breasts in Georgia. <laughs> so I changed the number, and <laughs> we're out of eight. I don't know how to double it. 
Do they come in pairs? <laughs> do they? Is that a thing? I don't know. Mine are so small. Do they? <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, my grandma will be so proud. Anyway, <laughs> honestly, I'm going to read you exactly what I have here in my notes because I don't want to go back because I'm I'm feeling pressure to change things. Oh, don't change. Oh, be yourself. Okay. Always I only be yourself. I was a little disinterested, honestly. So really? my two pairs or four were, oh God, don't say it that way. <laughs> That number <laughs> was really because of Anthony. <laughs> so oh. I, I was just so, I was happy enough to see him that I bumped it up to four. Um, I mean, not that I would have given it a zero. For, for me, what I'm struggling a little bit with now, I think because so many shows are so much tighter, is this idea there's 22, 23, 24 episodes, whatever. And we get all these bottleneck episodes that don't push any plot lines forward. They're mm. just, we're just hanging out, like doing something random. And to me, it felt a little bit like that. I think I was also a little, I guess you could argue that she grew, but it sort of just feels like, feels like she flaunted in, she wanted to become a designer. And at the end she was like, nah, I think it was true to the character because what did she <laughs> say? It was a trial, you know, right. and she was just going to try it on and see if it fit. And then she was going to throw that sucker over in the corner, um, right. or whatever she said. So for me, I just, I was like, it didn't, I couldn't really, I mean, she did learn something about herself though. So I just want to be as fair as possible. Right. Uh, you know, she learned that maybe she had it pretty sweet. She had a pretty sweet gig, but it just didn't feel like a lot of growth for me. Um, and uh, what I also did like though, is I like seeing them come together to support one another. I think my thing is, is I'm over here questioning whether Suzanne really deserved that kind of support in between everything. All she's doing is saying like these really snide comments. Um, again, it's her character. I know she's supposed to be kind of surface level. That's cool. I mean, cause I honestly like Suzanne. I just, I to like she said several mean things in this episode and they like jump in to defend her and I'm like wow you're really lucky because you've done very little to earn this uh mm -hmm. so that was sort of my opinion finally uh didn't really get a lot of southern things which I'm finding a little disappointing you know because we're in the south um yeah unless I'm missing some things I'm interested to hear your list and I know we'll go through that but I have one thing on my list and that's it so I'm very excited to hear your list. Um, I'm guessing you have more. I don't know. You're smiling. I don't know what's happening. I, Time will tell. Uh, okay. Ooh. ooh. Uh, I also have one other thing to say about Suzanne, which is I'm having a little trouble relating to her. Uh, but you don't have to relate to every character. That's sort of silliness, right? I mean, I, I didn't relate to Circe in Game of Thrones, but I kept watching it, you know? You know, I and for me, I think with Suzanne, I think that's why I'm loving her so much. She is so out of the box and so crazy. Like, she's just, she is an unrelatable character. There's just so much about her that is unrelatable, which makes it so easy for me to just laugh at her. Just, like, take her at face value, and she is this very funny person. I feel like you're leading into my next point, which is oh. I have a theory. Mm -hmm. I think that she may be... Uh, LBT's Archie Bunker. <laughs> I feel like I'm supposed to have a reaction to that, but I have no idea what that means. 
So Archie Bunker, but you know who Archie Bunker is, right? Yes, of course. Okay, so he is, uh, and for, for anybody who doesn't know, he's the patriarchal figurehead of All in the Family. This is a 1970s sitcom, if you don't know, also developed by Norman Lear. His character was written to shine a light on bigotry, prejudice, racism, sexism, all the isms. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. So in my mind, she's like a hot Archie Bunker. I see. Okay. So what I mean is like, they're both pretty, uh, they're not very diplomatic. They're Mm -hmm. straight shooters. I don't know what they're shooting all the time, but they're shooting and they're like plain spoken and they've got, but even though you can't always tell like if they're how intelligent they are, they're deathly skilled at insults. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that among both of them. And I, there was like a lot of things that she said. I think we covered some of these, but, you know, even Charlene has a highfalutin title. Um, mm-hmm. She's sick and tired of being known as the good looking one around here. Um, <laughs> you know, she doesn't have time for an ex-convict stories. Uh, then she asks him later on to go to jail for her. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Just like this, you know, I don't know. She's just saying all these things that um, are really c- rude. <laughs> And I mean, a lot of them are funny. I don't want to take, I mean, I'm laughing at her. Okay. And I'm laughing at the lines. I mean, most of them. Uh, but I, I just, I, that's what sort of struck me as I watched this episode for, I think I watched it eight times, um, (laughs) was that she is Archie. So, so that's my, that's my, uh, that's my rating and my theory. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds reasonable. You want to get into maybe some of the 80s things and Southern things we saw? Please. I think we've covered a good bit of the 80s ones, but hit me with it. Yeah. That's it. Answering machines, the tiny and large TV, the doop, 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 sound of the breaking news alert, and Suzanne and the electric typewriter. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous was one for me. Oh, sure. Yeah. And we covered these other ones. Um, You said at the top, her dress that was so pretty. That peplum oh, yeah. style, that one's come in and out. I feel like maybe it had a hit in the 90s again, too, but it was definitely 80s oh. for me. Uh, and <laughs> so dumb. They mentioned the Mary Tyler Moore show, and I was like, it was probably in reruns in the 80s. I was like, 80s adjacent. Counts. 80s adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. I, th- I, think, I think that was all the things for 80s for me. Okay. And the reason I was laughing earlier when you mentioned the Southern things list is because I do have something. Okay. And my something is, there's not too much in this episode. Oh. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Well, I have a thing. Even Charlene has a highfalutin, highfalutin title. title. When you said that a minute ago, I was thinking, I wonder if that's on her list. And that was it. That was the only thing I had. I also, if that's it, because... There was so yep. many Southern things to grab there. Um, <laughs> they had accents. What do you want? Right. References I had to look up. You covered these in a previous episode, and it struck me that maybe this is something we can tack on when it makes sense. It doesn't have to oh, be a uh-huh. standing one, but I had three different references I had to look up this time. Okay. Um, Leslie Ann Warren, that's the water drinker that uh, Charlie oh, right. saw on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Right. Uh, first of all, I went down a terrible rabbit hole of a Leslie Ann Moore because I cannot hear Charlene sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, who is this person? Anyways, it's Leslie Ann Warren, who is an actor. 
Uh, at you know, around that time, she was best known for the movie Clue that came out in 1985, and she does a lot of TV. But and she is very familiar to me. I remember her from Pure Country with George Strait. I don't know if you saw that movie or not. Look at that. Nope, not. you didn't. Um, it's worth it's worth a watch. Like you know, like a Saturday morning. There's nothing else to watch. Kind of watch. Uh, sure. That's not what your Saturday mornings look like, though. Nope. <laughs> that's what my Saturday mornings look like. Um, it's not important. Moving on. Landers <laughs> Sisters. This is the sexy voices at the top. I didn't know who that was either. I thought maybe these were going to be like the Pointer Sisters or something. No, she was making a joke about how uh, how loquacious she was being. How much she was saying. But, but the Landers Sisters are real people, though. Yep. Okay. I don't understand. Well, that. you tell. Okay. You tell me what you found in your research, well, and I'll tell you how I interpreted they're, it. They're like sex pots. Sex kittens. Rawr. Oh, That's... well, then I interpreted it wrongly. <laughs> I thought they were the ones you would write the letters to. And Landers. Oh, no, no. No, no. Different Landers. <laughs> These are Audrey and Judy, two sisters and best friends who were also entertainers. They were guest stars on a bunch of TV shows around this time. And more than anything, uh, like I was saying, it sounds like Mary, that was Mary Jo's way of saying, like, you sound a little too sexy, like the Landers sisters. So. I think also she was saying, you're saying way too much, like Ann Landers. And her sister, her sister was Abigail Van Buren. And she also wrote columns. Uh, you know what? Let's just both be right. It's our I like podcast. It. I like it. It was all the Landers. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of them. All right. Perfect. And then the last one I had to look up was Howard Cassell. Did you know who that was? I did not. I had to look him up too. Okay. So it was both of us. I actually find him fascinating and I want to hear a podcast. It won't be this one, but just all about him. Uh, because I just thought that he sounded so interesting. I He uh, coined the phrase, he could go all the way, which is probably the only thing I know about sports. And, um, and also he broke the news to millions of John Lennon's death, um, in 1980, because it was like way too early for the newscast. And we're talking about just a different era when, you know, you, you just had to wait for Walter Cronkite to come on at a certain time. There was no 24 hours, 24 hour news cycle. And then he was also like, he had like a really deep friendship with Muhammad Ali. Hmm. There's a lot of other stuff. Won't go into it. I see that face. It's your time <laughs> cop face, and you're correct. And I'm pointing at you again. I'll put it down. But those were my three references that I had to look up. Thank you, Selena. And now I feel like I'm going to go research the Lander sisters a little bit more. I do feel like I'm going to get a text tomorrow that's going to be like, here's why you're wrong, Selena. Probably not. I don't know. I wouldn't word it that way. I would say, I just thought you might like to see this. <laughs> okay. However, <laughs> however you want to put it. <laughs> so next time, episode seven. Yep. Perky's visit. Perky. P Perky. Perky's visit. Or are we going to go ahead and break who Perky is? No, man. Okay. We're going to leave him with a little something. All right. A little reason to come back. Okay. That's true. Good point. Perky could be anyone. Is she Ann Landers? Is she the Saucy Landers sisters? Who knows? <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you right now. <laughs> then let's say we're going to end this episode. But as always, we'd love people to follow along on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram at Sweet Tea and TV. 
We're on Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. You look like you have a thing to say. <laughs> no. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, email sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. And our website is www.sweetteatv.com. And Nikki is going to be very, very, very tired of saying Sweet Tea TV and TV TV and Sweet Tea and Sweet Tea TV. I'll say it as many times as it takes for people to remember it. Sweet Tea TV. I like that enthusiasm. And with that, we appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Bye. that time nikki what time it's that time for extra sugar oh i don't know <laughs> whatever guys it's time for extra sugar <laughs> um, so i i don't have any jingles so i just try to keep some consistency up. here yeah, yeah with that around anyway so today we're going to talk about Stephen tobolowski so he was Boyd on our episode today, and I wanted to drop some facts on Ooh, you. I like facts. I think you found some facts, but you didn't find all of no. them. So you can tell me these upfront ones and if you knew them okay. or not. But I'm gonna first. I'm gonna ask you: Southern or not Southern? No way. No, he's from like Wisconsin. He is Southern. No, he's from Texas. No way. South Texas. I, I know someone is going to say Texas isn't the South, uh-huh. but I say, check your history. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Be whoever you want to be. Anyways, I consider Texas at least, okay, people from Texas have a Southern accent. So they have an accent. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I, I would consider Stephen that Southern. Kowalski. Yeah. Oh, man. Someone's really going to get, it'll be my dad too, because he lives in Texas and every time he moves, he, Remembers all their history. So, yeah, Dad, I know. I know. They're not Southern. Your dad's not listening. No, he is. Okay. He's listening. I mean, not right now, because that would be weird. (laughs) Glad to Um, have you here. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm trying to make a Southern argument. So he was really from Texas. I'm I'm fascinated. Mm -hmm. Carry on. Yes. So he's also appeared in some cult classics. I'm sure you found this in your uh, research. Spaceballs. Groundhog Day, Thelma and Louise. I do not remember him in Thelma and Louise, but apparently he was in it. Uh, and then more recently, uh, Silicon Valley. And that's a show on HBO. Oh, yeah. The, he is in that show. I yeah, about the startup. very much remember him as Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head from Groundhog Day. Very much. Watch that first I... step. It's a doozy. Is none uh, of this registering yeah. with you? <laughs> I have it. Well, the blank face. Am I giving you all my best impressions and to nothing, to no avail? I, I'm so sorry. Well, your impression is so good that it brought back. Right. Okay. There you me. go. Cool. So if that helps, I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, but he's also been on the Goldbergs. Oh. And then, huh. yeah, he's the principal. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so just for some more recent ones, for those of, who haven't watched Spaceballs lately. And then I just had a did you know, and I'm going to play a quick game, and then we're going to wrap this extra sugar. But I have a feeling you might have found this too. 
Did you know that he was supposed to be on Home Improvement? <gasps> no. Want to take a guess what character he was supposed to be? Was he supposed to be the next door neighbor? Wilson? I think that's a really great guess. I think that is, that's a, that's a spot on guess. I think if someone had asked me that and I hadn't read this, I would have guessed that. He was actually going to be the co-host. Al? Not Al. He had a different name. Oh, thank God. Because um, I yeah. couldn't see him as Al. He had Al. a different name. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just imagining that the character looked different. He wound up having, I think, some kind of scheduling conflict. Mm. And so they brought Al on. And then he had another scheduling conflict. And then they just kept Al. I, this, is, this is brand new information to me. I literally have never known this. And fun fact for the listeners, uh, Home Improvement is my entire childhood. Like, my entire preteen Jonathan Taylor Thomas era of my life. I feel like we had talked before about that was, like, one of your favorite yep. things. Yep. I can't believe so, I didn't know that. Thank you. That was, oh, <laughs> that looks real genuine. <laughs> it really is. That's a really fun trivia fact to know. So the other thing that I wanted to say, too, is that he had a really fascinating life. Um, so I ran across some things, and I, I had... I told you, like, I, I was like, this is some crazy stuff. You must have found it, too. And you're like, oh, I didn't look at anything about his bio. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So we're going to play not two truths and a lie. He's just got too much good stuff. We're going to play three. Wait, <laughs> I'm so sorry. We're going to have to change this around. Oh, no, 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 no. Ugh. We're, it's, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's not important. Three truths and a lie. Don't. I can't tell you the 50 thoughts that just flew through my head. <laughs> I thought I messed the whole thing up and done three lies and a truth. <laughs> There's just one lie, Nikki. Just the one. Okay. One lie. Okay. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, so I'm going to read you a list of statements, and then you tell me which one is the okay. lie. Okay. So number one, his late aunt is known as the mother of the Texas Equal Rights Amendment. Number two. Was almost killed twice in one week in Hartford, Connecticut. First held at gunpoint and then stabbed later in the week. He broke his neck in five places while horseback riding in Iceland. And then the last one, eventually he married someone who once appeared on Designing Women. Mm. Did all those stick? Because that was a lot. No, yeah, I got him. Uh... I think that fourth one that he married a designing woman, someone who was on it. I think that's the lie. Dang it. <laughs> okay, well. The other ones sound like if you tell me someone had a crazy life, those other ones sound like someone had a crazy life. Oh, yeah. I guess I gave a little bit of a tail. There. <laughs> well, you don't know. They may have almost killed each other in their marriage. But I guess I should have thrown run that, that Hartford one by me again. He was held at gunpoint. And then what? He was so first he was held at gunpoint and then he was stabbed later in the week. Holy crap! What a bad week! I forgot to write down the. I know I forgot to write down the details here, but like first held at gunpoint was like at one place, and then later in the week he went next door. Like for like he went next door to the place that he was held at gunpoint to like like maybe he was like like this was a bar and like this was a restaurant. This doesn't seem wise to me. I got to tell you, if I'm held at gunpoint, I'm probably not going back to that 7-Eleven again. I don't know. I, mean, I don't, you know. don't know what to tell me. You know Steven. <laughs> you know how he is. 
I don't know, but this is just what happened. So I, I mean, I, I want to say I agree with you, but I also, come on, Stephen. Come on. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. No, I'm not judging him at all. I need to know more about his home improvement potential role. So yeah, we, we would welcome him. That's fascinating. You know, the funny thing is, it, we're going to wrap this up, but I wrote down some extra facts in case you pushed me. <laughs> and I had even picked, a, I went into a very specific episode of Designing Women, picked out an actress, and got the two shows that she played in, in case you ask, oh yeah, what Designing Women person? <laughs> you significantly overestimated my combativeness. Uh, but well, I'm I'm telling exactly who I am. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. <laughs> With this, I I prepared, but for the wrong thing. <laughs> and that, Nikki, and everyone else, is this week's version of extra sugar. <laughs> <laughs>